listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to look at a future that has already begun today with modern technology. I'm talking about like the existence of the multiverse, an alternative reality that you or anybody else, me, somebody in China or whatever, assuming uh, the laws permit them to, you can enter at any time through technology that most people are just dimly aware of, you can step into an alternative reality of your own design. And as the technology and as the software continues to be enhanced through AI or artificial intelligence, these artificial realities, these multiverses, or whatever you want to call them, they will become not only more lifelike and lifelike, but their their graphics, their visuals, at some point will surpass the majority of the visuals that you experience in the real world, with the exception, I believe firmly, with the exception of God's creation, where it hasn't been tampered by man. And by that I mean when you walk through nature or observe nature, whether it's the sun coming up or down on the beaches, uh, the glistening hues of the sun bouncing off the waves, whether you're up in the mountains of like where Park City is or other mountains in Utah or Wyoming and places like that, where you walk through forests and you see waterfalls. I mean, those kinds of things. I have never seen a man-made imitation even come close to that. The beauty of flowers, by the way, I, you know, I was never big on flowers until the COVID hideous it looks like a counterfeit flower, that disease spike protein or whatever the heck it is. But I recorded some flowers, and that's like unusual for me because that's not what I usually do. Because I, I was so enraptured by their beauty and, and how these flowers were an example of the creativity of God. And flowers, I mean, just compare flowers in a garden or flowers planted somewhere or mountain flowers like the ones up in Utah, up in the mountains, or uh, a stream or a river in, in, in the forests, you compare and contrast that the exquisiteness, the incredible tastefulness of God's creation, nature, is so splendid, it's so spectacular, it's so mind-blowing. And when you contrast that with literally the genetically modified vomit that they call these giant skyscrapers that, you know, are nothing more than monuments to somebody's ego or collective ego in, in form of a corporation. These giant skyscrapers that are in uh, Manhattan or Chicago or to whatever, you know, Philadelphia and other, Dubai, for crying out loud, and Shanghai, China. And you compare, I mean, people nations and corporations and individuals boast, I don't know, it's certainly not beautiful. I'll, I'll never forget having a conversation with a very intelligent student at the University of Missouri when I was going there many years ago. And I, I forgot, I think he was a, in the architectural school. And, and we had a very brief conversation, but what he taught me, it's interesting, what this guy taught me in the brief conversation we had made more of an impact upon me during my entire life than 99% of the stuff I so-called learn in the classroom. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how that can be? 
So like what's really important, what's really true sticks with you. And the, you know, the mundane propaganda, the disinformation that they called education at the University of Missouri, most of it, there were some exceptions, but most of it went in one ear and out the other because it was irrelevant. It was just blowing smoke in my eyes. So, so he took out his, it wasn't a notebook. We didn't have laptops back then. So it was some kind of uh, organizer, which allowed him to show me color photos, primarily large eight and a half by 14, or maybe a little bit larger color photographs. And he began talking to me. He said, Paul, look at these skyscrapers. And so he showed me all these pictures of skyscrapers, long shots, close-ups, uh, shots from the point of view of you're a pedestrian and you're a pedestrian standing next to a skyscraper. And then he opened that up for me. Or you're a pedestrian standing next to a skyscraper and you're looking up. And he said the theme throughout all these skyscrapers is that the consciousness or the mind behind the so-called architecture is warped because all of these skyscrapers are are communicating a common theme which is first of all these skyscrapers are soulless in their design they're vacuous they're empty they're metallic or they have tinted windows and like modern man's soul, this guy was not a Christian. Like modern man's soul, he said, they, uh, they're empty and hollow. And then he said, notice how small the people are next to the skyscraper. He said, that's not, that's not an example of any kind of balance or harmony. In other words, the pedestrians, the men and women standing next to the skyscrapers are dwarfed. They're minimalized. They are unimportant uh, in, in comparison to these giant monstrosities we call skyscrapers. And when they look up, they feel like dwarfs. And the people in the dark tinted windows looking out on the streets, the people look like ants. And so he said modern architecture is a reflection of the consciousness of modern man. And it represents the fact that modern man, I mean, this guy was more intelligent, more in tune with biblical truth than the vast majority of Christians I've ever talked to. Because he was saying, you compare this with nature. Now, he didn't acknowledge that nature was created by God, but he did acknowledge that nature was created by some kind of omniscient being of some kind. And he said, you compare the skyscrapers and the city and its emptiness, and its hollowness, and its soullessness, you compare that to nature, and how every color in nature is in balance and coordination, and everything that's in nature conveys healing, uh, and it conveys peace, and it, it conveys a, a sense of oneness. And he went on and on and on, and I was mesmerized, because everything he said was true. So, we look at our world, and anybody in their right mind, I'm not talking about somebody whose mind has been programmed by the educational system, but anybody in their right mind who looks at a skyscraper and thinks it's beautiful has a warped brain and a warped soul. Just because it's gigantic and metallic and cold and sterile does not mean that it's beautiful and life-giving. And anybody who was in harmony with God's creation 
would know that. Big, costing billions of dollars, whatever. It's nothing to be proud of. They're sterile. Now, conversely, you can look at two types of houses. You can look at those houses. Uh, they don't have to be done by some high-priced architect. But certain houses were built according to an architectural period or were built in modern times. And certain houses and their architecture convey charm, warmth, a sense of delight. Uh, they emanate a sense of this is a home where living people, living human beings, perhaps a family with children live. And so the houses, the trees around them, the garden, and I'm talking about obviously houses that are a certain value. And there are houses that are beautiful and warm and charming. I mean, you know, you know, and there are periods of architecture where it's like that. And then L.A. has them all. So then in L.A. you have oftentimes the sterile houses that the movers and shakers live in. A lot of movie stars, entertainment industry people, entertainment executives, CEOs of giant corporations. And their houses are very ultra-modern and sterile. And lifeless. Oh, they, they, they may be a little bit more hip looking, but they're not, they don't generate the feeling of a home. They don't generate the feeling of uh, two, hu you know, two human beings or more are living there. They're cold, they're sterile, they're, they're modern architecture, and it's devoid of a soul. You, you know what I'm talking about. So when you look at God's creation, it's always beautiful, it's always warm, and it's always spectacular, breathtaking. You go to places and visit the forests, of, you know, the, the notable forests, and it just it blows your mind. So when we get back to the flowers, you look at the flowers, and you just compare. The flowers are humble things. You compare the flowers with the sterile skyscrapers, and you look at the flowers, and the and the exquisite hues, the different hues and colors of flowers, the different patterns of the flowers. Now, you're talking to a guy that 10 or 15 years ago, going all the way back to his childhood, I wouldn't have paid attention to a flower, for, you know, for, for you know, yeah, they're, they're really pretty. And that was about it. I, my mind was on to something else real quick. I never appreciated flowers. Now I do. Because I... It's like the veil came off my eyes, and I could see the beautiful intricacy of flowers, the unique shapes, that even within a color, there's other colors. So like you have, I don't know the names of any flowers except for maybe two or three, so I'm not going to even go there. But you look at some of these flowers, and they're pink primarily, but then there's also a beautiful white pattern mixed with the pink, or a purple with a white pattern, or uh, a black pattern uh, in the background, a beautiful yellow pattern. All these, you know, life-giving, life-generating shapes and colors. And isn't it interesting, by the way, isn't it interesting that if you take an electronic instrument that you can buy over the Internet, and they're, they're basically in inexpensive, and there may be even one you can download in your cell phone as an app. I'm not sure of that, but it's, it's highly possible. So if you walk <clears throat> near these trees and these flowers that I'm talking about, or if you walk near an apple tree or a plum tree or whatever, what you will notice is that certain colors that are emanating from certain flowers 
just like I read you the other day uh, from a chart, <clears throat> I, I read you the, the primary colors, and I gave you the specific electromagnetic frequency that each color generates. Okay. Okay, so now all we're doing is <clears throat> you can go up to a flower, and with this same electronic device, you can measure the specific EMF or the specific electromagnetic frequencies being emanated by the different flowers and the different colors of flowers and the fruit trees, etc. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that the flowers and the fruit trees, etc., are life-giving organisms. They were created by the infinite personal living God of the universe. They possess and generate the life force of God's creation. This is no small thing. Now, certain colors have electromagnetic frequencies that generate healing or peace. You don't find flowers that generate disease, the electromagnetic frequencies of specific diseases. Scientists discovered as far back as the 1800s that every disease, every virus, every parasite, things like cancer, uh, every bacteria, uh, or any compound that, a chemical compound <clears throat> that has the capacity of generating or causing diseases, every frequency that is generated that, that causes a specific disease is also generating a specific electromagnetic frequency and each disease, each parasite, each virus, each bacteria, each sickness generates its own spe specific numerical electromagnetic frequency. So what does that tell you? It's like you got a choice. You know, <clears throat> wisdom, God says in the book of Proverbs, cries out from the streets. But you could e equally say, and it would be equally true, that wisdom cries out from God's creation. God says that in the book of Romans, and that wisdom and guidance and healing and all those good things generate specific electromagnetic frequencies of healing and peace and bioenergetic fields. This is not new age. This is science. Okay, to call that new age is to, be, uh, is to have a level of intelligence of a turtle in which you withdraw your head into your shell. God didn't create you to be a turtle or you'd look like one. God created you to be a man or a woman. So um, everything has an electromagnetic frequency in this world. So each of us as human beings has a specific and different and unique numerical electromagnetic frequency. Every form of healing. And, and notice that healing energies bioelectrical energies, healing energies are generated by everything that God creates. Healthy foods, flowers, the colors, other people who, who on an electromagnet, you know, people that are evil and are filled with unforgiveness and are filled with hatred and murder and lust and all those negative things. They're not fooling anyone because they're, the essence of their being is broadcasting a specific numerical electromagnetic frequency that is directly connected to the toxic 
vibrational state that they have decided to live in, like hating, racism, uh, jealousy, unforgiveness, or whatever. So everything that God creates, like the flowers, the fruits and stuff, and certain herbs and things like that, they generate positive healing electromagnetic frequencies that can heal people. Now, research into that, science into that, medical studies on that are assaulted, suppressed, hidden, because the powers that be want to monopolize for financial profit, and they don't want any competition. They don't want people getting healed through alternative means. They want people to be exposed to things that erode their health and their life force, etc. So this is just the tip of the iceberg, but we need to know about it. That, you know, God's people are supposed to be aware, perceptive, and recognize that wisdom cries out from the marketplace, but it cries out from gardens, it, cry, it cries out from colors, it cries out from the stars in the sky. God is communicating his wisdom, his intelligence, his life, through such a massive spectrum of ways, all you need to do is have a childlike attitude and and tune into it and proceed. So, for example, in the book of Proverbs, which really is the book of wisdom, but throughout the Bible, it tells us a number of things. And one is there's the commandment of God to pursue knowledge and wisdom and guidance. So, for example, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So right there is your foundation. The fear or the very serious respect, ultra-respect for God, that's the beginning of knowledge. If you don't fear the Lord, and fearing the Lord, it doesn't mean walking around in a petrified, psychotic state. It means you don't go around thinking you got, you, you know, you got a problem. If you think you're God, like a transhumanist thinks he's God, or some fool thinks he's God, that is not fearing the Lord. You are inflated with pride, you are egocentric, and you are skipping la-di-di-da into the lake of fire. That, that's a fool, because the Bible says, well, you, you go, well, that's not kind and loving. Oh, it's not kind and loving? Then why would the Bible say, the fool has said in his or her heart, there is no God? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, then we read other things about the need to pursue wisdom. Okay, so in verse 20, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 20, wisdom calls aloud outside. That means everywhere outside, whether it's in the mountains, the hills, the streams, or the cities, there are different kinds of wisdom and knowledge being transmitted to you if you've got your eyes open to see it and if your ears are open to hear it. You're getting a download from God everywhere you go about knowledge, and knowledge gives you power. The reason we have an anemic and weak Christianity in America that's peeing in its pants and shaking in its boots every time the devil tries to do something is because they have rejected the Word of God like Adam and Eve. And for the most part, this, this evangelical so-called Bible-believing Christian church is retreating when God said you're supposed to be advancing. And this is the root of the problem, which I never hear any repentance of, and it's the main sin. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. That means the halls of power, whatever hall of power that may be. Um, 
at the openings of the gates of the city. The opening of the gates of the city were also in that time the, the, the places of power. God's people are supposed to be occupying the land in the places of power. Okay. She speaks her words. Wisdom is referred to as a she. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? This is a rebuke, by the way. Well, what would Jesus do? Jesus would rebuke you for being a fool so that you might be intelligent and effective and not be slaughtered as a victim, but be what you're supposed to be, which is more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, for crying out loud. Surely I will pour out my spirit at you, or on you. Now, look at this. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? That's like a slap in the face. For scorners delight in their scorning. What's a scorner? Somebody who looks down at the word of God and biblical truth. And fools hate knowledge. So, if, if you want to know how to determine whether somebody is a fool or not, then you evaluate them in the light of this. Do, does that person hate knowledge? Do they change the subject? Do they blow you off? Do they, they ignore what you said? If that's what they're doing, then they hate knowledge. And people who hate knowledge, according to the Word of God, the Bible says people who hate knowledge are fools. Fools. Idiots. Morons. They're synonymous. Um, and fools hate knowledge, it says. Now listen carefully into the next verse, verse 23. Turn at my rebuke. So God is offering uh, to lift that, you know, name off of you. You don't have to be fool. God is reaching out to you, and he's saying he'll, he'll rescue you from being a fool, okay? If you turn, that means you change your, your mind uh, according to his rebuke, his correction, and then this will happen. Once you come into the place, this is why, this is what hinders revival. This is what hinders power from on high. When you're at the place to pull the trigger to allow the dunamis dynamite power of God to explode in your life and in nations in a law-abiding, peaceful way, when you're at that moment, you've got to turn at God's rebuke. You've got to repent. And then, when you do that, you're operating according to God's divine law, and God says this, Surely I will pour out my Spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Okay, so what does this mean? Surely I will pour out my Spirit on you. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. So God says he'll pour out his Holy Spirit on you. That's being clothed with power from on high, the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God. God promises that if your repentance is genuine, you will receive the supernatural power from on high. It's a force of God, and nobody who is walking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, nobody who is infilled with power from on high, is a coward, is double-minded, is, is unbelieving. You can't be, because the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God is rocking your inner man or woman. You are somebody to be contended with. But then God continues, Surely I'll pour out my Spirit on you all, make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse. So God is calling his people in America right now, and many of them are refusing to answer his call. Oh, everything will be fine. 
Everything will be fine. Oh, really? It will be fine? Have you looked at the data and statistics, Paul? Does it look like everything's going to be fine? What is the value of the dollar today versus the value of the dollar three years ago? I would say it's approximately the buying power of the dollar minus the lies of the Federal Reserve. I would say the buying power of the dollar today, I would say your dollar is worth, listen up, 50% less than it was three years ago. But your income, your investments, your salaries, and everything else, they have not gone up 50 cents, uh, 50% or more. So you're just treading water at best. Now, that affects your family, your ministry, your job, your freedom, your choices, and everything else. But if your response to that is to be a fool and say, well, everything will be just okay, you, you ought to get slapped. You ought to get slapped. Now, I'm not going to slap you because my conscience would bother me if I did that. Um, but God's not happy with you or his people. Why? Because you disdained. You looked down. You looked down upon all of his counsel, his wisdom. God has this infinite amount of intelligence and guidance and direction to give you for free. And instead of receiving it by faith with thanksgiving, you, you ignored God. You disdain. Disdain means you were disgusted. You, were, you looked in the eyes of God, and you were disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. That's what disdain means. About his offer to counsel you regarding your problems. And, and you would have none of his rebuke. Yet the Bible says he rebukes those that he loves, like a parent. So, a- after God continually goes to his church, continually goes to his people over and over and over again, trying to help them, and they ignore him, and they stonewall him, etc., etc., over and over again. At a certain point, only known to God, this is what happens. Ready? Read it. Verse 26. I will also laugh at your calamity. God will laugh at their calamity, their, their trouble, their misfortune. I will mock when terror comes. I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of places I wouldn't want to be. This is probably number one. I would not want to be in the place where the God of the universe, because I've ignored him so often, is now laughing at my calamity and mocking me when terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. I mean, you keep reading it. The purpose of this is not to portray God as a sociopath. The purpose of this is to portray God as a righteous, loving judge who is doing everything in his power to save and deliver you. In fact, he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save and deliver you. What more can he do? He died for you so that you could be saved and have eternal life. So why are you asking him for more when he's already given you everything? And they hated knowledge, he said. Okay, the complacency of fools will destroy them. I would say a very good descriptive word for the spiritual, psychological condition of most Americans right now and most Christian Americans is what the Bible calls the complacency of fools will destroy them, or the McGuire translation reads, the la-di-da-da attitude of Christians in the face of danger will destroy them. Am I I bringing it home to you? I hope I am. The value of wisdom. Okay. Now, it says in verse 3, Proverbs chapter 2, let us all listen, including me. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. That means you get on your belly and you cry out to God until he gives you an answer. You contend with God. None of these drip-drop prayers. 
you come to God with a, you know, what do you think the scripture means when it says, and the kingdom of, of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force? What that means is that that means that the inertia by which you enter the kingdom of God based on your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses you of all sin, your inertia, your speed, your velocity, your urgency must be overwhelmingly powerful as you come boldly to the throne of grace to find an ever-present help of need. That is what it means by the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. God is not interested in a Peter Pan Christian religion or a Mary Poppins Christian religion. All right, enough is enough. Those days are over. Say goodbye, slam the door shut, and tell them you don't answer the doors to the salespeople. Um, and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom, and search for her wisdom as for hidden treasures, and you will understand the fear of the Lord. So we see, I could go on, but you see, this whole thing is God rebuking his people and exhorting them in love to passionately pursue knowledge, wisdom, guidance, and so on and so forth. And in doing that, God will give you what you need to be an overcomer and more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. This is powerful stuff. All right, so it reads in Proverbs, you know, wisdom cries out in the streets. It cries out outside. It means that we, 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 use, we use our senses to perceive what's going on. And if we do that while maintaining an attitude of prayer, which means we, we, when we walk around doing what we're supposed to do, when we train ourselves, and it's not that hard to do, when you train yourself to be open to hear the voice of the Lord, which is the still, small voice of the Lord, you will notice that he will be often communicating to you. He will be teaching you. He will be counseling you. He will be giving you revelation about things. You could be looking at I mean, I look at things that don't seem to have anything to do with God, and all of a sudden, God is giving me revelation knowledge about what's really happening. So, for example, I was channel surfing before I had to do the recording, because I wanted to catch the news on that mini-submarine that, that exploded deep underwater. You know, that mini-submarine where the billionaire and a bunch of other people uh, went down underwater to... to do like a tourist close-up visit of the, the Titanic, the, the, the great ship that's sunk. Well, I, uh, you know, I just found out the latest, and the latest was they found pieces of this submarine that they had made. Apparently, the submarine that they were using to go down to the Titanic blew up. Now, I won't get into that right now, but, but there's a, probably a whole story in that. The submarine blew up underwater. And so then there was a news story that caught my attention. And then there was a news story after that. And it was like an investigative news report about the new technologies in entering virtual reality, in entering the multiverse, or entering alternative realities. And since they showed lots of visuals, it, it really helped open up to you the fact that there's a brand new technology already available to people. People are already using it, and they put on these virtual reality goggles, which look like these Star Wars kind of white goggles, and that allows you to see into another world, an artificial world, an artificial 3D world. And even now, and we're in its basic initial stages, 
the visuals, the audio are, are just the mind bending. You're, you're looking really into alternative world, a, a multiverse. And I'm very interested in that because the global reset people have already played their cards to whatever degree and have given us a hint of the, the virtual world, alternative reality, multiverse, totalitarian regime that's coming. And what their plan is, and it can be summed up in these words, they have used these words over and over again, the global reset people. They say to the masses, the dumbed down, socially engineered, sucker punch masses, they have said to them over and over again, when the global reset is finished, and we're in the middle of it right now, that's why you see all this manipulated, socially engineered chaos, banking problems, brink of World War III with Ukraine, NATO, and Russia, and uh, uh, pandemics, and droughts, and mass starvation, and, and the uh, weather modification technology in full view for anybody to see, and more and more and more. These radical things happening on planet Earth, because they're, mo they're moving at lightning speed to reboot, reboot the world into their uh, global reset. And so they, they, their propaganda slogan, their advertising slogan for their uh, global reset is, you will own absolutely nothing, but you will never be happier in your whole life. Now, first of all, if you weren't dumbed down, you would instantly recognize that that has to be a lie. So right up front, they're lying to you. It has to be a lie because if you own absolutely nothing, the reality is, the truth is, you, you will not be happier than you've ever been in your life. You will be more miserable than you've ever been in your life. That's the truth. See, because what the global reset is behind all the fancy high-tech words and multiverse words and stuff like that, the global reset is nothing more than rebranded communism, Marxism, and hard socialism. They know nobody's going to willfully accept something that's labeled communist or Marxist or hard socialist. So they rebranded it, just like, like if a car or something you're trying to sell, it's not moving. Well, sometimes what they do is they take the car, they, they redesign it or whatever, they give it a different name, and that's called rebranding it. So communism, Marxism, and hard socialism are all forms of totalitarianism, which have a brutal, sociopathic, mass death, mass annihilation, real-life historical track record of killing hundreds of millions of people by shooting them in the face, by starving them to death, by sending them to the freezing concentration camps, sub-zero concentration camps in freezing Siberia and Russia, by sending over 35 million people in, in Nazi Germany into the gas chambers and the uh, burn their bodies alive in the ovens and, uh, uh, you know, sending them to mental hospitals because if you don't think the way you're programmed to think in these totalitarian nations, that included uh, Nazi Germany, then they, they, they politicize psychiatry. And so if you don't agree intellectually and with your mind, if you don't agree with the precepts of communism, Marxism, the global reset, and other forms of totalitarianism, you are sent to a government psychiatrist. You are diagnosed as 
insane and a dangerous a society, and then you are sent to a mental hospital, which is just a mental hospital in name only. What it really is, is you're sent to a concentration camp or a prison camp, uh, and they shoot you up with drugs because, you know, the way they're going to handle you is they, they, they diagnose you as insane. You're not insane, you just don't agree with their, with their lies and their politics. So, that's the global reset. Now, how, how do you think, in terms of method and strategy, why do you think that they're so brazen and in your face when they say, <clears throat> you will own absolutely nothing and you will never be happier in your whole life? First of all, let's start by using our rational minds. Let's not go into the irrational mind uh, autopilot, which most people live in because they've been brainwashed and programmed by these people since childhood. So let's rationally examine history and logically examine their claims. And in doing so, it will become obvious to you and anybody you talk to that this is not paradise on earth. It's a, it's a sentence to a prison camp. So the reason they're so brazenly saying you will own absolutely nothing, but you'll never be happier in your whole life is because you really should see the movie Elysium. I don't know if there's objectionable parts or not. I, I forgot. It's been a long time since I've seen it. There may be some, some, some I, I don't know how objectionable, I don't remember it being that objectionable, but it's a great illustration of a global reset world. Planet Earth becomes a giant ghetto and prison camp where everybody's in poverty, nobody has jobs, they're all starving, drug gangs are everywhere, and essentially planet Earth is a polluted hellhole of a mess. And the, and the people on planet Earth have to labor for nothing for the elite. Now, in the movie Elysium, uh, they, the elite move off planet Earth to a massive floating paradise city that orbits the Earth, called Elysium. And, you know, it's filled with waterfalls. It's literally paradise on Earth. And people live like they're living in the kingdom of heaven. And the reason they're, the, the elite are up there orbiting planet Earth is because... This is the only way that they can be safe. They don't have to worry about angry human beings from Earth breaking into their houses, having a revolution, seizing back control over the government. But, oh, and, and a lot of people on planet Earth are no longer human. They are genetically merged, uh, and they've become cyborgs and robots and androids, or part android, part human, or part robot, robot part human. So this place is, like, disgusting. So in, in any case, uh, the hero of the movie manages to hijack uh, one of the space rockets that regularly goes from Earth to the orbiting city and back. So he hijacks one of the rockets, uh, he, and, he and some other people, and they, they try to recapture Elysium because, because it's two different worlds. It's the world for the elite and the world for the suffering masses of humanity. And so this entire depiction gives you a very clear visual understanding of just how technology, futuristic technology, could be easily utilized to separate the masses of working class people on planet Earth, the enslavement of billions of people on planet Earth, and then the globalist elite that lives on a floating, orbiting paradise 
uh, called Elysium. And so, so it's a very powerful visual statement of how you could have two different worlds, one for the elite and one for the slave race, the, the working class. And it, it, it kind of drives that message home. So the reason they keep saying uh, you'll own absolutely nothing, but you'll never be happier in your whole life. Let's just start with logical, rational questions like, number one, there is no example, no record, no historical record at all since the beginning of human history. You have never seen examples where the globalist elite or the elite in any nation, such as what I call the Pharaoh God Kings, such as Nimrod and the elite that, that ruled Babylon, such as the ancient God Kings that ruled China and Tibet and all the other, you know, super civilizations. Many people allege that Atlantis actually existed. And that was a super civilization. So you've had these elite classes that had elite advanced futuristic technology, futuristic sciences, and they have used scientific mind control and highly advanced technology to enslave, to brainwash, and can totally control the masses. So when you look at history, you see that these pharaoh god kings and the, the, the god kings of China and all the other nations, you see they have, they own all the weapons, they own all the mind control, they own all the mansions and the gold and the silver, and they live palatially as kings and queens, but they make their money by enslaving the masses of people with their superior technology. They enslave the masses of people, and then they bring the masses of ordinary people into captivity while at the same time enslaving them. And what you're seeing now with the Global Reset is just a continuation of that age-old process which was developed in, in Mystery Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. If you want to do a deep dive in this, and they're easy, fast-moving reads, by the way, go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And right now we're offering book packages at a 34% discount, and we uh, pay for your shipping. And this will give you a download of dynamic, vibrant, truthful information that will give you power in this world because you'll know what's really going on and you'll know how to overcome it. And you need to grab yourself the books like Power from on High, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, Conquering the Matrix, um, let's see, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2. Uh, the Day the Dollar Died, and other books available. And yes, we need your help in communicating the truth to as many people as fast as we can. So we need you to prayerfully ask God how much he would have you give in terms of your donations and your contributions. And whatever God tells you to do, I trust him that, that you will obey him. And then be intercessory prayer warriors for me, my family, the ministry, and those uh, who are part of this ministry. And finally, it's essential because there's a rigging war going on. It's essential that you sign up for our e-blast list, you sign up for our social media pages, that you like, you follow, you spread the links. All of that is important because they've unleashed millions of uh, uh, bots, computerized bots, designed to take down people who effectively communicate the truth. That's how they keep people enslaved. They deprive them, through the, deprive them of truth and deprive them of knowledge. So with your help, it's all hands on deck right now, because where we are in the time frame, 
we're in that last zone of temporal freedom. And it's a last opportunity given to us by God where we can flip this whole thing and take back our nation and take back our freedoms, take back our prosperity and take back our blessings, all of which have been st- stolen by this Luciferian elite. But, but we got to move fast, and I need your help and finances. You win or lose wars based on your ability to be able to finance your spiritual warfare. Okay, I think I know what you, I, I know you know what I mean, so I need you to stand with me. So visit paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and this is, a, this is a winnable war. And we're going to explain how and how these technologies are available to you now, that you can use them now. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to use them. You just to be, have to be eyes wide open. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in a minute. Visit paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire, and you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. <clears throat> Again, we need you to stand with us at this time and spread our links. Sign up for them far and wide. Okay, let's talk about technology in simple, easy terms. The reason the globalist elite have made this brazen statement that we will own absolutely nothing but will never be happier in our whole lives is because their endgame, their plan, is to continue to evolve and develop virtual reality, artificial realities, the multiverse, And their whole plan is to have everybody wearing these white or whatever colored virtual electronic goggle type helmets and and face masks that are comfortable with stereo headphones, with, with very high end visuals, 3D visuals. So when you look, when these things are still being developed, but even now, even now at their present stage of development, they're very sophisticated, very compelling, and, and they've come a long way. And as every, every, every month goes by, they're going to go further and further. So what I saw watching mainstream television were all these people who had bought these virtual reality machines, the virtual reality headphones, and they were using them for all kinds of purposes. And they were entering completely uh, science fiction-like alternative worlds. So one guy was like really into meditation. So he had bought himself a meditation app. So he's going into his virtual world with the goggles and his virtual reality software, which was very tiny. I mean, it's it's tiny, but effective. And the next thing you know, he's participating by sitting in a lotus position and all these very, very intricate, multicolored graphics visually amazing, dazzling graphics. Uh, he's, he's in that world, and the music and the visuals uh, function synergistically, and they put the person who goes into this multiverse, they put that person into a high, to an altered state of consciousness uh, and a meditative uh, frequency, a, a meditative uh, electromagnetic frequency, an electronic meditative uh, brainwave state. And the one that he wants to enter, because remember, when you do meditation, etc., you you can enter different EMF numerical frequency states. So, for example, there's, I mean, there's a zillion things you could do, but you could 
with a snap of a fingers, you could program your multiverse unit to cause you to experience visuals and sounds and symbols, you know, that resonate with your mind and consciousness, and you would move into the alpha frequency or the beta frequency or the theta frequency or the delta frequency or the gamma frequencies and even other frequencies. And every one of these frequencies will put you in an altered state of consciousness that you could also get into through meditation and yoga or whatever. And that would simulate and cause your brain in a very rapid manner to enter a Eastern mystical altered state of consciousness. So what this guy said was, normally it takes me two hours meditating to be able to achieve this serene, blissful, meditative state of consciousness. It normally takes me about two hours of breathing and chanting Om and uh, uh, meditating to, to achieve this particular brainwave state of consciousness. It takes me two hours. He said, but with, with this virtual reality program, I can enter this multiverse on, on meditation. And I think the, the name of it was called TRIPS, T, all capitals, T-R-I-P-P-S. I am definitely not recommending it. I'm, I'm giving you like a news update. So it showed him meditating in his living room. And then it shows you what he's seeing in his goggles. And it's all these like, you know, psychedelic patterns and colors that are moving in, in kind of a hypnotic synchronization with like Eastern mystical chanting and, and Tibetan bowls. Uh, all all resonating in a mystical state. And then he says, now with this multiverse meditative technology software, I can achieve an Eastern mystical state of consciousness. I can go into a meditative zone with my brain waves in, in anywhere from six to 10 minutes. And, and six to 10 minutes in the multiverse or in this artificial reality will achieve, for me, the same uh, uh, yoga-like meditative state of consciousness that normally used to take me two hours to achieve. And then you went inside the virtual world that he goes into with his mind. So it allowed you to see it experientially. And it's, it's mind-blowing. Now, there are also other... There's... Com Competing giant companies getting into this. Obviously, you know, Google and Facebook and stuff like that. There's the multiverse artificial reality. There are many other artificial realities, many other virtual worlds. There are worlds you can enter like, you know, you're, you're there. You, you think you're there because the visuals are so incredible. And you're part of a team and you're going to cli climb the highest mountains, you know, in the Himalayas. And you're there in the Himalayas, and, and you can feel the wind and the ice, and some people are falling off the mountain. And so you can get that adrenaline high of being an adventurer, going up with a team of friends that you've developed, friends from your virtual world, friends from your multiverse reality, and you're climbing the Himalayas, or you're going river rafting, you know, down the, the rapid streams of Colorado from the mountains. Or you could be uh, in a virtual world, world, if you were like into military stuff, and you could be driving a tank or shooting guns or firing off missiles, and you would be in a lifelike virtual reality war zone or battle 
or flying jets like in Tom Cruise's movie. I mean, I'm sure there's already a video game that simulates it, but this is beyond a video game. So you can enter a multiverse or a virtual reality with your goggles and your headphones. And the next thing you know, you're flying one of these high-powered jets like the ones that uh, Tom Cruise flew uh, in the movie. And you're flipping your jet upside down. You're, you're manu- you are manu- it, it, it is almost 100% the same experience. And, and in time, it will be the equivalent of, of the real experience. So there you are flying your super jet. And it's real. And the emotions are real, and the feeling is real, and the sound is real. And you get the rush, the adrenaline high, the total turn-on of, of, of actually flying one of those jets. And it's exhilarating beyond belief. Now, you do the math. I know this about guys. I don't know about girls. I'm sure they, I think they would get into this too. But, but any guy I know, I mean, you know, would I like to fly one of those jets? and experience all the sensations, the rush, the visuals, the intensity of flying this high-powered jet. And it's all real, real, real. But part of me knows that it's also a simulated reality. It's a virtual reality. It's a multiverse reality. So when push comes to shove, I can't really crash, burn, and die by hitting a mountain. So I can have all the, 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 the high stuff, all the exhilaration, but I'm not really in danger. Are you kidding me? That is an irresistible magnetic attraction for every young boy, for every man. I mean, come on. So you come home, okay? And this is what it's all about. You come home and you can buy the software for any number of different types of experiences, adventures, worlds, communities, sporting events, anything you want. Anything you want. And unfortunately, when I say anything you want, that means anything that's kind of harmless or good is available to you in in the multiverse, but also the most pathologically sick, sexually perverted, sexually violent. I don't even want to name the activities in terms of sexual perversion and sexual violence. that, that will be available to anyone in these multiverses and these virtual worlds. To contemplate, to contemplate it makes you sick to your stomach, but if you rationally think about it, think about the danger this unleashes on society. Okay, so the legal challenges will come up. I, I have an opinion about which way it's going to go, but it is now illegally. It's now illegal to, you know, the sex trafficking of adults and children, little children, and yes, the sex trafficking of babies, girls and boys, is an epidemic in America and across the world. The same people who would spend money to rape a baby, I'm sorry I didn't give you a heads up, so now you got a heads up, but I, I just didn't have time to think about it because this is like revolting raping a baby, or God knows what else your, your sickness is. So, so now you can get a virtual world that's all built around giving you full lifelike access 
to the sickest perversions unspeakable under the sun. Now, we have laws that make doing that in the, in the physical world illegal. You can be arrested. And there's going to be legal battles over this, but I predict, sadly, that when the day is done, because these highly twisted, sick, perverse, sexually violent, sexually sociopathic, and yes, virtual worlds and multiverses built around the desires of a sexual serial killer. I'm not going to take it any further. I just gave you a taste of what's there. So it would be hard, I would think, to make that illegal, despite how destructive that is for, to society, because what you're doing is you're arousing and feeding the, the psychopathic, sociopathic lusts of, of a certain percentage of people who are into that kind of thing when they're being stimulated and aroused and, and, and motivated to actually do it. And, and the powerful psychological, biochemical motivation. Anybody tells you, oh, no, this will be a safe way for these super perverts to, to, to get their jollies. This will be a safe way, horse manure. This will not be a safe way. What it will do is guarantee and program them even further to want to pursue their sick sociopathic lust in real life. So there are now, and there will be increasingly, these virtual sexual worlds of all kinds just like there's all kinds of porn available. But in the multiverses and in the virtual worlds and in the alternative realities, what will also be available is lifelike, you know, looking through your goggles, your, your, your multiverse goggles or whatever, lifelike opportunities for people to participate in ultra-violent, ultra-sick and twisted, absolutely un abhorrent and unspeakable sexual perversions. It's terrifying to contemplate. But if you know anything about the wickedness of the heart of men and women, you know where this is going. You know where this is going. So now, instead of just dealing with the porn epidemic, we now are giving people, and that means young girls and young boys, goggles, sound systems, where they can literally enter an alternative reality, a virtual reality, a multiverse reality, that at a certain point coming soon, will be indistinguishable between the activities and experiences offered in virtual reality, the multiverse, and other electronic forms of reality. They will be indistinguishable between, the, between real life physical world experiences. So you end up programming people to become sociopaths. You end up feeding, heightening, and increasing their twisted, uh, sick desires. And so, so the actual physical world activity and crimes begin to multiply and increase as the distribution of, of sexually psychopathic virtual worlds, multiverses, and virtual realities built around any number of, of ultra-disgusting sexual perversions. And that's all I want to talk about on, on that, because that's here and it's coming. And the danger is that as every month goes by, the, the realism of the technological artificial worlds becomes, it becomes more real and more real and more real. 
And then, and that's the same for sporting worlds or any other world. You could be, you know, a detective. You could belong to a community. It could be a, a, a sexual orgy, whatever community. It could be a community of people that like to, you know, do extreme sports. It could be people who want to experience a lifelike world of where, where they can travel on a space rocket and visit, you know, the moons of Saturn, where there's supposed to be oceans. There can be virtual reality worlds that can take you back in time or take you into the future. Now, when this these artificial worlds be, then begin to be enhanced and driven by uh, artificial intelligence, what will, at a certain point, the virtual reality worlds will surpass the reality of real physical worlds. And this is how it will be done. You will use certain electromagnetic frequencies. Maybe initially you will use your cell phone or some other physical-to-body transmission method. So what you're going to do, what they will do, is they will amplify, accelerate, but mainly amplify into hyper-realism your experiences in the multiverse and virtual world because you're you're using specific electromagnetic frequencies to to heighten to multiply the realism of what you're experiencing by like a hundred or a thousand times yeah and these electromagnetic frequencies can flood your mind and body with with any number of neurological chemicals that when your body produces more of them in the brain with hormones or your physical body, that will heighten whatever electronic world you're in. So as part of the virtual world or multiverse experience, there will be certain signals generated by this technology that will cause your body and brain to produce, for example, far more dopamine, far more acetylcholine, far more serotonin, uh, far, far more beta endorphins, far more uh, sexual arousal, et cetera, et cetera, sex, sexual chemicals, or violence chemicals, or adrenaline chemicals, or fear chemicals, temporarily to give people that rush. So now you're you're entering an electronic, artificial reality, but you're heightening it by electromagnetic frequencies being generated, and these electromagnetic frequencies will powerfully amplify the realism of all kinds of experiences. And then it takes off from there. You'll have people who live in worlds. I'm talking about a day is coming soon. It's right around the corner. The day is coming soon where you have people living in virtual worlds, multiverses, and you will see an integration and a crossover of people whose everyday reality is partially based in the multiverses and the alternative realities and partially based in the physical real-world experiences. And people will hop in and out of either the electronic virtual worlds and then hop in or out of the physical reality worlds. And then, with remember, this whole time, technology is evolving at hyperspeed via artificial intelligence. So, Actual people or avatars with personalities, physical features, personal histories, personal biographies, 
are tailor-made for you by artificial intelligence, and it will be hard to distinguish, and soon it will be impossible to distinguish between your artificial reality virtual world friends and relationships and your real world friends and relationships. And then if you add to, I mean, I could go on for two hours right now. And I, I would lay before you kind of like line by line, precept after precept, I would lay out before you a scientific, technological, biological map of where transhumanist, where a transhumanist revolution has to bring us based on logic, history, science, physics, and the momentum of economic factors, the, the momentum of the global reset, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you think that the super billionaire class, the globalist elite, are going to create these artificial paradises for you to play in, as my father said to me as a young boy, and I never forgot it, he would always say, Paul, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Most of you know what that means. It means if somebody's going to take you to lunch, they're not just taking you to lunch so you can have a good lunch. There's a hidden reason behind why they're taking you to lunch. Therefore, there's no such thing as a free lunch. The free, so-called free lunch is to get on your good side. It's to make you relaxed so they can get something out of you or so they can persuade you of something. They're not buying you a free lunch in a nice restaurant just to be a good guy or a good girl. There's a hidden motive in it. Eyes wide open. So the billionaires who just happen to be part of the Luciferian elite are not, look, in everything that I've just told you, when the day is done, is still a very inexpensive method to exercise total totalitarian, total authoritarian control over any population or nation. You give them, you know, just, a much, just as much artificial food as they need to feel satiated. You give them just enough artificial sexual experiences to make them happy. You give them just enough artificial realities to, 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 so they can have that high. And then like Elysium, I mean, you can literally make them live basically in a closet with a toilet with food you know, delivered to them. And they won't know the difference because their real reality, the biggest highs and loves and everything else in their life, the most meaningful components of their life will cease to be the, the real-life experiences, the real-life relationships that you and I have experienced during our lifetime. In other words, whether it's friendships or marriage or sexuality or whatever it is, or, or, or athletic adventures or, or adventures in the battlefield or whatever it is, those in former times had to come from real-life physical reality experiences. That is no longer necessary in this new world of artificial realities and multiverses. People will go into their multiverses, their virtual worlds, their alternative reality worlds. That will be their primary source of super meaningful experiences. That will be their primary source for, for, the, for being accepted by their peers or their friends, except their friends will not really be real friends that accept love and approve of them. Their friends will be electronically or artificially generated 
or artificial intelligence generated avatar like computer creation friends that are really an illusion but but the average person won't be able to distinguish between the illusion and the artificial world and friendships of people they're meeting in the multiverse or in the virtual world so you tracking with me so the time will come very soon when there will be two kinds of reality the real reality that people are not going to want to look at which is the the way the real physical world reality is going to evolve based on uh, a trajectory and mathematical statistical uh, projections that are happening now. For most people, except for the globalist elite, the 1%, the physical reality will continue to deteriorate. Forget about all the dream projections you've seen in the future. You're talking about ghetto houses, ghetto-type lifestyles, uh, will be the norm, the new normal in the global reset. People will live in very tiny ghetto houses, or they will build for these people that they're going to allow them to live these these like very tiny homes um, because they're going to be discouraged or incapable of of having babies. So the center of their lives will come from their artificial reality or virtual reality experiences or multiverse experiences. So their friends, their, their, the high points of their life, the great victories of their life, the great achievements of their life, the fun, the adrenaline rush, the you know diving off a cliff, bungee jumping experiences, all the notable experiences, highs and rushes and falling in love and achievement type things. They will be provided to them by artificial intelligence, but people will will get those things only when they enter the multiverse, the alternative realities, and the virtual realities. It's these artificial realities which will be the core of life on Earth. Now, it's I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of slow this down right now because I need to take this into more and more. Because I've done a lot of research and thinking and projecting about this. And I believe I have a unique perspective. Because of my experiences, my studies, my research, and my life experience, I believe I have a very unique perspective and a highly accurate perspective about where this is all going. And I want to share it with you. Because when the day is done, the Luciferian elite will promise you this what amounts to a carnal, artificial paradise in a virtual or multiverse world. But the trade-off is going to be, you're going to have to, in every way, shape, and form, comply to their rules, obey their rules, do everything they tell you to do without questioning, think everything the way they want you to think, because they will have the power to electronically read your mind. and. The China social credit score system is just a warm-up act to what the, the, the multiverse and the um, global reset is going to bring about in reality. In order for you to continue to be able to have a ticket to enter these artificial paradise-type worlds and experiences, you're going to have a, a up and down everything that you do because once you open yourself up to the experiences of artificial reality, the goggles, the headphones, you are also opening yourself up to a quantum electronic 
surveillance where everything you do is considered metadata and will be recorded on video, on audio, your brainwave activity, your emotional state, angry or passive, whether you think thoughts of rebellion or you think thoughts of patriotism or obedience. Everywhere you go, everything you do will be electronically recorded and analyzed by artificial intelligence. And if they don't get continual readouts surveyed by artificially intelligent computer systems that prove to the elite that you're the ideal citizen, that you think only thoughts of obedience, like, yes, big brother, if you you only obey without questioning, if you only think the thoughts that they want thought, Whatever assignments they're giving you, if you if you do them without questioning, then you're going to accumulate what the Chinese call a, a higher social credit score. The higher the social credit score, and that will include their analysis of the kinds of uh, uh, artificial realities you enter. Remember, they're not Christians, so they're not going to measure your artificial reality performance or or multiverse performance based on Judeo-Christian principles. They don't care about Judeo-Christian principles. They don't care if you spend every waking moment going into electronic, artificial, or multiverse reality orgies based on killing people. That could earn you a very high score. But they don't care about that. They're amoral, immoral. But they do care that you are nothing less than totally communistic, Marxist, and in total obedience to whatever their artificial reality world system is. That is what will give you the points you need. And the more positive points you get from them, the more access to uh, uh, artificial worlds you'll you'll get. You see how that works? It's going to be an upside down where evil is rewarded and electronic surveillance is everywhere, including technology which is already available. And I write, I prove this and document it in my book, the following. In my new book, Power from On High, I prove and document the fact that we have electronic mind-reading technology already operational. We have electronic emotion-reading technology already available, and many other technologies already available. The purpose of 5G is to amplify the power of the electromagnetic frequencies, and the purpose of 5G is to electronically allow the globalist elite to deliver these artificial realities, these multiverses, this quantum surveillance into the lives of hundreds of millions of individuals. So, how do you win? You got to know what's happening and you got to know how to overcome it and you got to know where we are in the timeline. We are in the closing moments of the last window of opportunity that will be available to us to overthrow this electronic totalitarian state before it puts us in a perpetual lockdown. And the only way that's possible is with a deep understanding of how to activate a biblical power from on high, a biblical third great awakening. And we must have a much higher level understanding of the integration of electromagnetic frequency technologies and the integration of mind-reading technologies like remote viewing, the hive mind, the world brain, and how we can, using the dunamis power of God, the authority for miracles given to us by Jesus Christ, how we can combine those synergistically with highly advanced technology. 
which is something most Christians don't even know is possible or exists. But it is possible. The technology of God is available to us at a higher level than we've ever dreamed. And it's available to us not by accident. It has arrived at the exact time zone it is needed, which is the time zone immediately before the second coming of Jesus Christ and the last day's soul harvest. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Get up to speed. Get yourself a copy now of Power from on High in the Greatest Battle. Visit paulmcguire.us. Mm-hmm.